The old country doctor liked to take his dog along with him when visiting his patients. The dog would remain outside while the doctor went in for the house call. On one occasion, the physician went to the home of a man with a terminal disease who didn't seem to have much time to live. The man confessed to the doctor his fears about death and said, What's it like when you die? The doctor thought for a moment and then got up and opened the front door. His loyal canine friend, who had been waiting patiently on the porch, gleefully bounded in to join his master. The doctor turned to the dying man and said, Do you see this dog? He didn't have any idea what was on this side of that door. All he knew was that his master was there, and he wanted to be with him. The doctor looked at that dying man and said, I don't know everything that there is to know about death, and I haven't seen the other side of eternity yet. All I know is that my master is there. I can't answer every question about what's on the other side of the door, but I know that Jesus is there, and that's good enough for me. Guys, welcome to the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French. Today we're going to be talking about the other side of the storm. And there's going to be three different storms we're going to look at in Scripture today. I'm so excited to get to spend some time with you. It's going to be a great episode. Let's go. What's up, everybody? I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has left five-star reviews and left comments on the podcast. It has made such a difference. Um, I've had so many people tell me they have stumbled across the podcast. I'm going to tell you how people stumble across it. It's because people like you are leaving ratings and reviews. It bumps it up the charts and makes it more visible to podcast listeners when they're searching for their favorite shows. So I want to give a couple of, of y'all a shout out real quick. Um, on July 31st, Oki2007 said, such an anointed podcast. There is always something new from God's word. And I love to listen and be encouraged. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that this podcast is an encouragement to you. That's what this is all about. Uh, one more uh, shout out here uh, to Swanda Hut Hut. <laughs> it says, a five-star review. I stumbled across your podcast and I have been absolutely hooked to it. Loved your interview with Mark Lee. Third Day was my favorite all-time band. Keep up the great work. And it's David from Ohio. Shout out to David from Ohio. Thank you for listening. And uh, yes, getting to sit down with Mark Lee was a huge honor and a privilege. Had such a great time uh, getting to know him a little bit. And that was uh, 
kind of a dream come true for this guitar nerd that grew up listening to Third Day. So guys, thank you for listening to the show. Um, if you leave a comment, uh, just like David from Ohio, he left his name. Uh, please leave your name so I can give you a shout out on the show. And I'm going to do this for the next couple of weeks. We've been doing this for a couple of weeks now. But if you leave a comment, I want to give you a shout out on the Noteworthy podcast. So guys, thanks for everything you do. You make this possible. Love you all. In scripture, you can find different types of storms. A matter of fact, there are many different accounts of different storms that took place in the Word of God. When you study and begin to narrow them down, you will find that there are three different types of storms. So I want you to um, look with me, and we're going to kind of walk through this together today. Uh, I'm excited about this episode today because if America has ever been in a storm, if the world has ever been weathering a storm, it's right now. We're in a unique, crazy season. So the first kind of storm I want to talk about today, and if you're taking notes, just write one, two, three, and we're going to write down three types of storms and talk through it today. Number one, storms of correction. Brothers and sisters, You cannot run from God. Stay with me here. No matter how far you run, you cannot outrun Jesus Christ. I'm going somewhere here. Once you know him, it burns in your heart. You can never forget him. You may try to run, but the human heart longs for God Almighty. And sometimes God will use a storm of correction to help us see that we are running in the wrong direction. We find this illustrated in the story of Jonah. Jonah had clear instructions from God. Go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Jonah 1 and 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. And cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Jonah didn't feel that the wicked people of Nineveh deserved a second chance. So the Bible says he went down to Joppa and headed to Tarshish. He literally was running in the opposite direction that God wanted him to go. Jonah 1 and 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the city, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. The Bible goes on to tell us that the men of that ship decided to cast Jonah overboard because they knew that he was running from God. Jonah 1.17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, hold on a second, because here's where we're going to destroy your your mindset that maybe you've had your whole life. It didn't say that the devil sent a great fish. Hear me now. It says the Lord prepared a great fish 
And here's where people get the story mixed up because you have to understand that the fish was not a tactic of the enemy to destroy Jonah. The fish was prepared by God to save Jonah. Sometimes we give Satan credit for something that he has nothing to do with. Sometimes God is trying to save us through opposition. This was a setup by God to get Jonah back on the right track. My point, I've come to tell you that it doesn't matter how far you've run from God. You cannot outrun his love. You cannot outrun his mercy. And on the other side of the storm, there is a 2.0 version of you. On the other side of the storm is a calling from God. I'll never forget when I was a little boy, we went out, we were on uh, Lake Wisconsin, and my family loved to go fishing. And we're a family of five out on this little boat. And all of a sudden, this storm cloud comes over our head and rain begins to fall. Lightning begins to strike. We hear the sound of thunder roaring over our heads and the waves begin to just crash into the boat. I'll never forget this as a little boy. And it, it may be dramatized in my uh, little, you know, five, six-year-old mind at the time when I was going through this, but I'll never forget that feeling of being so afraid of the storm. And when we, when we finally got back to the shore, it's a miracle that we did because this boat was not a, a fancy boat. All five of us got back to the shore. We got up on the dock and we ran to the cabin. And I remember thinking, Thank God that you brought me out of that storm. Are you going through a storm? Are you dealing with things that you never thought you would go through? There's another side to this storm. You're going to come out on the other side. And when you do, you're going to be a better version of yourself. Because sometimes God uses storms of correction. The second kind of storm I want to talk about today are storms of protection. Sometimes God will use a storm to protect us. That's right. You heard me right. Let me show you. In the gospel account of Matthew chapter 14, we read the infamous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Directly after this miracle, you can see that Jesus urgently commands his disciples to get into a ship, which we now know would lead them into a storm. Matthew 14 and 22, walk with me. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. This word straightway, if you look at it closely, it could mean picture a sense of urgency that Jesus is telling them, hey, I, I need you to get into this ship right now and I, and I need you to go. I can picture Jesus and I can see Peter and the, and, and the disciples saying, what's wrong? But Jesus just says, no, you need to go and I'll explain later. What you need to do right now is just get in this ship and, and go to the other side and I'll be over there later. 
Now, the Bible goes on to tell us that the wind caused a terrible storm. This is the moment in Scripture where Jesus walked on the water to them. We all know that story. And Peter walked on the water to Jesus. When they stepped back onto the ship, the storm ceased. In the Gospel of John's account, we see a detail that is not mentioned in Matthew regarding the feeding of the 5,000. John tells us that Jesus perceived something after that great miracle. This is important. Look in John 6 and 15. Because, because why was Jesus so urgent? Why the word straightway? Why did he need them over there? Look, you can find it in John 6, 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. This was why Jesus was so urgent in his request to get his disciples in the water. Jesus knew this crowd. He knew their heart. He knew their thoughts. And he knew that they wanted to take him by force to make him a king. But hear me, you must understand that Jesus did not come to the world to sit on an earthly throne. He came to die on a rugged cross. He was able to escape their attempts to make him an earthly king. Yet in the midst of this, Jesus was still concerned about his disciples. Isn't it just like the Lord that in the midst of the chaos, he's still thinking about us. He's still thinking about you. He's still concerned about me. And the storm they found themselves in. My goodness, I need somebody to hear me right now. The storm they found themselves in, the midst of, was a form of protection. What? Nathan, are, you're seriously insinuating that the, that the storm I'm walking through right now is for my own good? That God actually has me right where he wants me and this is the best place for me to be? Yes. A thousand times yes. Nobody said the storm was easy. Nobody said that the storm was where we wanted to be. But if Jesus puts us in a storm, we can trust that we're in the safest place possible. Ladies and gentlemen, if God wants you in the ship, the ship is the safest place to be. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus that leads me into eternity than on a throne with the world that only leads to the temporal. I'd rather jump in a paddle boat with Jesus than a cruise ship with Satan. I'll be fine as long as my master is there because the storm is only temporary. But God's got something waiting on for me on the other side that's eternal. If you're taking notes, here's what I want you to fill in the blank for number three. The third kind of storm I want to talk to you about are storms of provision. 
That's right. Sometimes God will use a storm when you think it's taking something from you. God's actually using it for provision. Genesis 15 and 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Sometimes the world is just a mean place. The devil hates the children of God, and he loves to put us through the wind and the waves. But God will use the storm that was intended for evil against us and use it as a means of provision for us. Paul was a prisoner sailing on a ship to Italy. A great storm came against that vessel. The devil wanted to use the storm to kill Paul. You better believe it was his intention. But instead, God used Paul to save everyone on the ship. Acts 27 and 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Hold on a second, Paul. We're in the middle of a storm. Literally, the vessel that we're riding on is being broken apart. And and you you said what? Yeah, you heard me right. Yeah. Now I exhort you, be of good cheer. Here's why. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. I want you to remember that sentence. No loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. I want you to remember that. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. The Bible tells us that 276 people lived instead of died that day. Because Paul decided, I may be in a storm, but I've heard from heaven, and I'm not going to die here. Paul couldn't die. Why? Because the angel said, you still need to go before Caesar. You can't die yet, because I've got something I need you to do on the other side of this storm. Remember that line I told you to remember a moment ago? It says that no man's life among you but of the ship. This storm may take some of your stuff, but it's not going to take your life. My goodness, I'm going to say that again. The storm that you're in is going to take some of your stuff, but it can't take you. And the devil has been telling some of you that you're going to die in the midst of your storm, that this is it. I rebuke the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. You can't die now. You've come too far to give up now. God has a glorious other side of this story. You're about to see it with your own eyes. Hold on. I can't die here. God promised me I would live. For there stands an angel this night speaking to you the promises of God. You know, the Holy Ghost is always moving. The Spirit of God is always moving. From the second you started your day, even in the middle of your sleep, God was moving. 
and he's been wanting to move on your behalf. Luke 8.22 Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Hmm. Let's go to the other side. Well, Scripture tells us that a storm fell on them, and they were all afraid for their lives. I can hear him saying right now, we're all going to die. <laughs> we're all going to die. And they looked over at Jesus, and get this, Jesus was taking a nap. So they woke him up saying, Master, <laughs> Now, you just have to, you got to have a sense of humor every once in a while when it, when it comes to the things of God here, because they're in the middle of this storm and it feels like they're about to die. And, and Jesus is, he's catching a little nap. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like God was sleeping in the midst of your storm? So they wake him up. Master, master, we perish. Jesus rises up calmly. Just calmly rises up and he speaks to the wind. Immediately, the waves cease. The flesh of God was sleeping, but God's spirit never sleeps. He was in control the whole time. It's the nature of God's spirit movement genesis 1 and 2 and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters it is the nature of the spirit of god from the beginning of time movement jesus slept but his spirit was moving and at work for them and so it is for you listening today you feel as though god is sleeping in the middle of your storm but his spirit is moving on your behalf. You can't see him working in the flesh right now, and it makes you fear as though this might be it, but God is working in the spirit right now. If God isn't losing sleep over the storm, then neither should you. God told them, let us go over to the other side. And that's exactly where he planned on going. I feel the Spirit saying, let's go to the other side. I've got plans for you. I've got miracles waiting on the shore. I've got a future right on the other side of these waves. Let's go. Guys, I just feel this... Uh, this peace on me today that uh, that everything is going to be okay you know I know that we're living in crazy times and and I know that it's uh, it's chaos but God's not losing sleep over the storm don't lose another night's sleep over chaos you can rest in the presence of God you know, if you put uh, a uh, napkin up to your eyes, you can't see anything. Even though it's cheap, small, insignificant, doesn't mean much, it can still blind you. 
And all you have to do is back up from that napkin and then you can see the big picture. And that's a lot of people right now. They're too close to their problems. Even though to God, they're, they're, <laughs> they're just small. God could move it. He can speak to that, that rain. He can st- speak to that storm. He can speak to that wind. And God says, I've got this. You need to just back up off of your problem and let God move on your situation. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. You know, God's with you in the midst of your storm. And you better believe we're going to make it on the other side because God is with us. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for each individual listener that's listening to this podcast right now. God, I pray that this episode encouraged them and that they would go into the rest of their day believing that you're walking with them. God, we know that you have not forsaken us. We know you have not forgotten us. We know that you're with us and we know that your spirit is moving on our behalf. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. God, I pray that you'd bring us out on the other side for those listening that are walking through storms that I can't even imagine right now. Would you bring them out on the other side, Lord? And on the other side, Lord, I believe they're going to be bigger and better and more equipped for what you want to do in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Guys, I love you so much. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week. And remember, you're going to make it. It's going to be all right. We'll see you then.